Father, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to review something important. I believe it's important in Joel 2, 15 to 17, something you've been showing me. And Lord, I believe this is correct, and I'd like the people to hear it and discern what they believe. I'd like to point out that today it's in the news uh, about the Turkish foreign minister. I'm not going to pronounce his name because I don't believe I can get it honorably right. But anyway, he's talking about that Europe is headed to wars of religion. And I just want to point out, and as I've pointed out for so long, that they're aiming this thing to bring about wars of religion all over the world. But they're really doing this because they want to destroy the teachings of Jesus and the Bible. And they're going to bring out their own Bible, and they're going to base the law upon a Noahide covenant. And people today, they some of them claim, oh, we don't want to be talk about the Moses law and so forth, Mosaic law. We, you know, we're free from that. But they don't understand. Jesus said he didn't come to change one part, not even one iota of the law. It's he came to fulfill it. In other words, he came to let us understand how to do it in a better way and how we can come directly to the Father. The problem that people don't see is that what Jesus came into the world to speak and do was the words of God. He wanted us to hear the words of God and show us how to do them, which is what Moses' law points out to. The problem he had with them is the same problem he's having with the people today, and that was that they didn't want to receive the words of God in their hearts. They wanted it to come through another person. That's why they... They said, don't let him, don't let the Lord speak to us, but have him speak through Moses or another person and then tell it to us. And the Lord's purpose from the beginning is that he would have a people that he could make sons of God who would hear his words and go about doing the works of them. Jesus came and paid his blood on the cross so that the people could enter the Holy of Holies in heaven and receive the words without the priest. So that's why you're relieved of the Mosaic Law, but you're not relieved of the Mosaic Law, because the Moses Law was ways of doing the words of God. Jesus didn't come to change that. He came to fulfill it. Fulfill it was God at Sinai wanted to write the words in the hearts of the people. But instead, he had to give them tablets, and he had to give them laws and stone. You know, he wrote it down, and then he gave them the Torah. Gave them all the, the scriptures and so forth. Then we added on the prophets. Then we added on the disciples. But the message has never changed. The message is God wants us to know his words that enable all his good works that he made all the creation with so that we can become like a son of God, like Jesus told us in John ten thirty four to 36. So when people say that we're trying to turn people back to the Mosaic law, that's not true. We never said that. I'm explaining to you that the words explain that. Jesus testified of this to his own disciples when he said to them in Luke 24, 44 and 45, after the cross, after he'd returned to them, after he'd paid the price of his blood, after he'd poured the spirit out on them, as it says in John 20, then he says, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you. And then he was able to cause them to understand so that they could understand the scriptures. The words unlock the testimony of the scriptures, and that is the good news of the New Testament, but we would not receive it. And today we are far from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, far from 
the knowledge of his words. Far from the knowledge of truth. In fact, we're trying to reject it in the very time that the Lord said the day of the Lord would begin with the entrance of his light, which is the entrance of his words. Psalms 119, 130, Zechariah 14, 7. And Jesus said to us that we're going to be judged in this day by his words. Do you think that he would start the day of the Lord and not cause his words to be received that are the knowledge of truth? He tells you in John seventeen seventeen that the words, we must be set apart by his truth, sanctified, set apart from the world, sanctified, made holy by his holy words that have the full measure of the spirit of God in them, John three thirty four. In John five twenty four, it says, if we hear his voice, which speaks the words of God, Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 3, um, 36, or 34, and also John 18, 37. If we hear the words of God that he speaks and believe on the promises of the Father that these words enable, because all the works of God are done by his ways and his thoughts, which are higher than ours, and he also speaks and does all his things in words. So his words are higher than ours. So what we're saying is he's added additional understanding, additional promises to them that they unlock, additional works that his words do. They never come back to him void. We can say the same thing as the Lord does, but without authority, it's not going to do anything. Jesus says, I will pour out my spirit upon you and cause you to know his words. When he's saying know his words, meaning know means having the ability to speak and do them. Because just hearing them doesn't do any good. You don't even know who you are. James tells us that in James 1. So you look in the mirror and you don't know who you are. If you don't be a doer of the words, not seers or hearers only. So what I'm pointing out is that Jesus is telling us it's the words of God that sets us free. It's the words of God that overcome the world. I'd like to point that out today, if I can, from Joel 2, 15 to 17, and from Ezekiel 36. And please remember that we have a responsibility. The church is far from the tree of knowledge, of truth. They're, they're, you know, from the time of Jesus being on the cross till now, we've gotten farther and farther and farther away. Disciples had it, and very quickly it was lost, and now we've rolled far away. And he told us, like I told you in Zechariah 14, 7, that David, Lord, would begin with the entrance of his words, which in uh, entrance of his light, which in, in eight, uh, Revelation 18, 1 to 2 says the same thing. And uh, then he says in Psalms 119, 130, that the entrance of his words gives that light, gives understanding to the simple. And he told us in Daniel 12, 4, at the time of the end, knowledge shall increase. How is it going to increase? By the entrance of his light, which is the entrance of his words that gives understanding to the simple. And that is the law. See, people think Moses' law is law. It is. It's talking about the words, the ways of doing the words. Jesus came to enable us to see him and have him write his words on our heart. And we have not done that. I had a thought and I lost it there and I wanted to speak it. The point, the point is, in Daniel 12, 4, he tells us that in the end, knowledge will increase. And knowledge comes by what? The knowledge of truth, which is the words of God that gives understanding to the simple. His truth is his words, John 17, 17, Psalms 119, 160. His truth is law, Psalms 119, 142. So the law of Moses, because God can't change his ways, is explaining the words of God, which are law. 
We are going to be judged by his words. Do you think that Jesus would not judge us by law, by justice, by law, by righteousness, by law, by good works, by law, by evil deeds of breaking the law, not keeping the law, being lawless? Why does he say in Matthew seven twenty one to 23 that there are going to be many who will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we heal many in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we uh, prophesy in your name? He's going to say, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Lawlessness. Is Moses' law, when Jesus says in Malachi 3, 6, he never changes? And that he tells us in the New Testament that he came into the world not to change one bit of the law? It's always been based upon the words, but they wouldn't receive it at Sinai, so he had to give it to them through a man. And through tablets, he gave them the general characters of the law, the commandments. If you do that, you're doing the way of the law, the way of the words. But just having the Ten Commandments and knowing that he died to give his blood for our sins doesn't help you, protect you from the dragon, as it says in Revelation twelve seventeen in this day. Twelve sixteen, he tells you, in Revelation twelve sixteen, he tells you that the dragon goes away from those who came out of the world and set themselves apart by his wisdom, which is, she calls out his words, Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. And many other scriptures in Proverbs tell you that. And David as well in Psalms. As well as Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of them. And the disciples, and Jesus himself. Jesus said, if you don't hear the words that I'm speaking, if you don't hear my words and, and do them, then you don't love me. John fourteen twenty three to 24, study it and many other scriptures in the New Testament. So don't tell me, or don't try to say, and you can tell me anything you want, but I'm just saying to you, God in heaven will not hold you uh, guiltless for rejecting his truth in this day when it's required, Hosea 4, 6. He says those who reject his knowledge, he will not. He will reject them as priests before him, which means they won't be able to speak his words, which means they're going to receive the famine of the words, which means the authority over his light, over his words, is taken away from them. And when he does that, they'll re uh, reject their children. Hosea 4, 6, something very important to remember. Now, I've said all that because it's very important for us to understand this time that we're in. And that when you look at John or Joel 2, 15 to 17, you'll realize something. If you study it carefully and meditate on it, you should see that what it's saying is our heritage, our inheritance, which is the words of God, is what overcomes the world. He says, do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Other words, if you receive his words, he'll rise you up over them. Because his words are the only thing that lasts everlasting. And there's appointed times of judgment and the light is going to be taken away from these people. And when his authority of his light, which is his works and his words, is taken from them, they're going to go into chaos. You know, one of the things that the world system leaders, they're, they're trying to create all this confusion and all these wars. They're trying to bring them about so they can get everybody killing each other and everybody fighting each other. Under their direction, under their controlling strings like puppet masters holding strings up here at the top, just like you see the Masonic Pyramid and the one at the top is controlling everything below it through layers and layers and layers of people. 
But at the end of the day, they want 7 billion of these people to kill each other one way or the other. It's a very interesting thing. The problem that they have is God's going to allow these people to kill each other, as it says very clearly in Ezekiel 38. They're going to turn on each other. But you know what they're going to do, which is interesting? When God removes the darkness and these people start following after these leaders and killing each other by the way of these leaders, because these people are going to be punished by their sins, which is this evil works that they're going to do. But then God's going to take away the light from these people, John 9, 4, 5. The light is the restrainer. And God has always allowed these leaders to rule. But he's taken away their authority at this time. What do you really think these people are going to do? When darkness enters them in full measure without any restrainer, their own selfish desires are going to rise up. They are going to not listen to the leaders that are causing them to kill each other and do all these riots. They're going to just go out and do whatever they want. And they're going to go want what these rich ones have. They'll go after these leaders of the nations. They'll go after all these people because none of them are going to be safe when the restrainer is removed and authority of rule is taken away. See, they've been allowed to rule. Because God gave him Ezekiel 38. In other words, prepare yourself. When he says prepare yourself, it means I'll give you authority to prepare everything and have the people follow you who will follow you and choose to follow you. But at the given time, when you come out to do this evil, I'm going to, my wrath is going to rise up, which means I'm going to take away my light, my restrainer, and all chaos is going to break loose. And these people are all designed to do evil, they're going to do evil to you. The harlot. You're going to, all your leaders are going to have evil done to them because the people aren't going to listen to them anymore. Darkness is going to prevail. It's going to be total chaos everywhere. The only place that's safe in that time is John 5.24. John 5.24 says, If you will hear the voice of the Lord, which means discern his words that have the power to overcome the devil, as you read in Revelation 12.16, the words of wisdom, the devil has to leave wisdom. He has to leave her and come out and attack those that just have the Ten Commandments and have the, the knowledge of the blood of Jesus, but don't know what that does. They have no real knowledge. They, they follow the Ten Commandments. You know, just like the church of today, oh, we go to church on a Sabbath day. It doesn't care if it's not the real Sabbath day. We don't care that it's, you know, it, it's a Sabbath day that's celebrated on a pagan day. Uh, it, it mocks God, but that's okay. We're getting by. We're all joining together. You know what's important about that? If you go back when Moses was on Mount Sinai, and he'd given them the ten tablets. Now, this is after they'd already rejected from receiving the words of God in their heart and wanted it to come through a man. So God said, okay. It's good because remember the law of knowledge is God will allow you to go forward and stumble and fall back. He's going to allow you to follow after man. And through the the example of Moses, the following after Moses, they failed continually. They, they always gave him a trouble. Korah tried to rise up and take over his position. Miriam, his sister, did it. God struck her with leprosy or tisarit, which is worse than leprosy. And these things always happen because we're trying to follow after man doing the best they could. Man, Moses was phenomenal in what he did. Patience, unbelievable for 40 years doing that. But these people rejected God as their king is what they did. 
because they wouldn't allow him, the king of kings, whose power is in his words, Ecclesiastes 8.4, to write those words in their own heart. So they could understand. If you write the words in your own heart and he puts them down just like he does the Ten Commandments in stone, I mean unbreakable, then they wouldn't desire darkness. They wouldn't desire evil. But they didn't allow that. So when Moses is up there getting the Ten Commandments, they'd already corrupted themselves with the golden calf. And the Lord tells Moses a very interesting statement. I don't, I'm going to paraphrase the words here because I can't remember them exactly. I don't have it in front of me. But you can look it up. He tells them to get down because your people you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. You, your people. Now, Moses knew that God brought these people out. He'd sent them in there to bring them out. And God brought them out. But he's telling Moses, your people. And when you look at the world today and you look at the church and they're not teaching the knowledge of truth, when you're looking the government is working on admiralty law and they have a secret divinity law that is corrupted, it's, it's set to the rule of man. that they, they've, It's based upon the fact that they're saying that the Bible's not perfect. It's not inerrant. It's saying that it's confused. So therefore, they have to have man to make what is the religious law. And so they've made a religious law that excludes all the normal people of the world and only protects a few elite. Who, and, and they set themselves apart through this secret divinity law that makes them the living persons and everybody else is like dead people walking around that have no rights or authority, but the people don't know this. That's called the divinity law. It was set up with the Vatican and the Crown Trust and all these people together. The Crown Trust runs it. And the Vatican is their front for it. And then the admiralty law, which is military law, which is contract law. And they deceive the people by making the people believe that's common law. So every lawyer, every judge, every congressman, every senator, every state, even the clerks of courts, all those are guilty of operating under this deceit. But who is responsible for it? If Moses on Mount Sinai in the presence of God hears from the Lord and says, Moses, get yourself down because your people have corrupted themselves. Whose responsibility is to go down and bring them back to the knowledge of truth, bring them back, just like it says in James 1, I mean, James 5, 19 to 20. It's saying there that we are the ones responsible to go bring these people back to the knowledge of truth. And if we do that, it will cover their multitude of sins. Moses did go bad. He, he, did, he crushed the, the thing, the, the tablets, the two tablets. But what he did is he melted that idol down. He, he took the, the dust of that idol with the water of that river and caused them to take drink of that. It becomes colloidal gold, basically when they drank that water with the gold in it, to remind them of the sin. He was doing the way of the words. Now, he understood, and God didn't, you know, they didn't get destroyed from that, drinking that water that way, because God was in it. It's like the poison stew that Elisha put the uh, powder, uh, the flour, flour, refined flour in, and it cured it as it's going to do in this day. See, the, the poison stew is like the pot of all the world today. 
That's the way we should look at everything. That's why he tells us in Zechariah 14.21 that on our pots we should write holiness to the Lord, holiness unto the Lord. Because that pot is like all of us. We all are part of this thing that God says we're all under the judgment this time and we're all caught in the snare, Luke 21.34-36. We don't recognize it's the words of God that overcome the world. When we recognize that and realize that the words of God prove that the Bible's absolutely inerrant. In other words, it's perfect. They have twisted some translation, but you can correct it because with the words, as Jesus says in Luke 24, 44, and 45, you can understand the scriptures. You don't need man. God will tell you yourself if you make the words in Proverbs 1, 20 to 23. He says, if you will hear the words of wisdom and turn to him, that he will pour out his spirit on you and cause you to know your word, his words and his words verify the Bible and they never end. The Bible may end. The words of God will never end. He says nothing overcome. The sun and moon, the heavens and the earth can fall away, but his words will never end. That's what you want at this time. And that's what overcomes the world. Now, let's look at Joel 2. 15 to 17 says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. That is powerful and there's so much in there. Let me try to give you a few things that might open the eyes a little bit. We now know that the Lord is, we're coming to the end of the winter and as best as I can discern it, we have come to the end of the night of the day of the Lord. If that's true, which I believe it is, from the scriptures it testifies that, prophetic words are testifying to it, that we're at the time of the separation judgment. The separation judgment happens in the morning of the day of the Lord. You have to understand that in the day of the Lord, if we're walking in darkness, we're still of the night. And it's in this night that we're part of that the Lord is going to separate and is going to remove the light at some point. That is at a time the Father only knows. But in technicality, he's telling us a time, which is the evening, and a times, which is the night and morning. But the morning can't come until, until the people come out to receive the light. And the Father calls it the end. But we know that the separation judgment, the manifestation of his judgment is happening now. And that means with the coming of spring and the coming next month of the Passover, we should really be understanding that this is the time of the separation judgment. And in this time, God's going to say, that's it. Close the book. And the separation judgment will come upon the people and the people will re will not have the right to receive his words anymore. It's the parable of the ten virgins. The lamp will go out on these people. And when that goes out, darkness is set in. And you, when you don't have the restrainer in you keeping you from doing bad, what do you think is going to happen to you? What do you think is going to happen to those who are not even as close to God as you are? And how do you think is going to happen to those that are wicked? And what do you think is going to happen to the rapist and the, the pedophiler and the, and the greedy and the, wicked, the angry? And those that want to get even, and those that just want to steal, profit, they're going to be let loose. That's the working, that's the wars 
of religion that's coming. Everybody's got their own religion, whether it's the devil, whether it's greed, whether it's God. Only God's people have a promise of John 5.24 that it says, and Joel 2.32, Joel, uh, John 5.24 says, if you will believe in, uh, hear the words of my voice, and you believe in the promises of the Father, you will have eternal life. You'll, that means you'll have the inheritance of the words. You can't get into heaven at this time if, the, when it's the time of the point in time of the kingdom of God to come on earth. You're not going to enter that kingdom unless you receive this inheritance, which is the words of God, which is the oil that stays lit in the night, the words that never go out, the words that give light and give understanding. If you don't have that, you're going to have to go after it and, and seek after these people who. You know, they're, they're going to sell you the message. The Pearl of Great Price is free. <laughs> you never want to you never want to charge anybody for it. If you do, you're mocking God. It's God's free gift, the knowledge of his truth. You know, God takes ties. He takes other things and does work with them. The most important thing is getting the word into the treasury of the heart of the people, because God is going wanting at this time. He wants to write his words on your heart. He wants to circumcise your heart separating out the dark through refinement. We have to be spotless to go up to heaven in the rapture. I've explained that the rapture is not yet. It's going to be when we're refined. We've got we to gotta turn. We've got to wake up and we've got to understand. Now, there's a couple of th things here. The trumpet in Zion, that's a very interesting thing, blow the trumpet in Zion, because with the morning comes the time of the trumpets. They're not going to blow yet. We have to blow this trumpet in Zion, we're the ones crying out, calling out to God, crawling out to the people to come to the knowledge of truth. Blow the trumpet in Zion. In other words, cause the Spirit of God to move and ask for sound to be given. It's not part of the seven trumpets, which are punishments. This is a call to revival. It needs to come out. They need to understand what it means. And it says, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. The only assembly is a holy assembly. A holy assembly is to do what? To receive what is holy of God. And God's uh, spirit is in his words in full measure, John three thirty four. And gather the people and sanctify the congregation, which the only way you can sanctify the, sanctify the congregation is by that work of John seventeen seventeen. Receiving the knowledge of truth in them is receiving the words of God, which is what Jesus says. And that's what he was set apart from the world by. Read Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 18, 37, and John 5, 24. John 3, 34, sorry. Please understand, these are critical times for us to understand what God is doing for us at this time. He's, he's doing wonderful works for us. Assemble the elders. It means... You know, they have to come to knowledge of truth. They have to first get the words, and then they got to come, come in. I'll talk another day about Judah. It's really important to understand Judah. And even the word Jew, the Jewish people. Understand, that name means praise. To give praise. But they cannot give praise if they're not holy. They cannot give praise if they're not speaking the words of God, which in this time were being judged by his words, John twelve forty eight. His words wash us clean, John fifteen three. His words 
if we walk in his ways, abiding him and abiding his words, they, uh, anything that we desire comes to us because we're going to know what to do. We're, we're going to know the times. So we're going to know what to ask for because when you know the words, you know the appointed times. Job 24.1 tells us, you say you know the Father and you don't know his times. You don't know his times right now if you don't understand the words and that they're open at this time. There's many end-time preachers out there preaching and preaching and preaching and they don't know the times because they cannot discern the words. They're not speaking of the words. And they're not doing anything that proves the Bible is true. They're going with the world. They're even adopting some of these things like this false teachings of the you know, prehistoric earth. I've heard people talk about there was a prehistoric earth. Man, they're, they're very brazen to be able to go forth and say this stuff that's been happening in the last 200, 250 years when you know, it's been 6,000 years here and nobody before was that foolish. It just proves to you what I've said before, that from the time of Jesus and the disciples, we've rolled farther and farther and farther away from the tree of life. And now that we're in the judgment of the time of the words, when we need the words to get re- eternal life, John five twenty four, and we need the good news of his promises that the words unlock. See, Jesus is the shepherd, Ecclesiastes twelve eleven says that he, the, the, the goads, the thing that correct us, is the words of the one shepherd, which Jesus said he was, that good shepherd, that one shepherd. Only he, through him, you can come to the Father. And see, I can tell you all about the words. I can give you a cup of water. I can do all these things. But at the end of the day, that spirit has to guide you to the Lord, who then will pour out his spirit upon you, and then you can know the words. Until then, you're you're like stony ground. It's just going to go away and fall away. But until you get that grip with the Lord and begin to allow him to speak into you, which the people at Mount Sinai rejected, a few kept it, but most rejected it. And then when they did start receiving the knowledge of the words, they revolted and the whole crowd wanted to put these big leaderships. You know, they wanted Korah and his 250 teachers that Moses had taught and Moses had organized. And these guys wanted to revolt and they wanted to have more power. You saw what God did to them. He burned them with fire and the leaders he sucked right through down through the earth into the pit. Please understand, we need to we need to get it to this time that the Lord is the one who gives us authority and we should be responsible. I, I tried to explain to you about the bowl, the, the the soup kettle, the refinement of the flour, us, takes that poison out of all the people. It'll it'll heal the body. It'll it'll do that. But more more than anything, it heals the mind. It heals the soul, heals the heart of all these people. So they come out of the world, and they want to do good. We need refined people. We need people loving the words so much and doing the way of the words for others, and not caring about themselves, but caring about others. Because see, God held Moses in response, responsible. He said, "Get down, and your people have corrupted yourselves." In other words. Moses was pure. He was doing everything he knew. And yet God was putting him with them, being responsible for their actions. As we are in this day, when we look at these people, the world doing everything evil, the, the armies, the, the spies, the, you know, the, the Jesuits, all these people, they're all corrupted. But there are people. God said everybody on the earth was caught in the snare because they do not understand Malachi 4.6. Our heart must be that all that can be saved must be saved. 
as it says in Malachi 4. And it says the same thing, really, in Joel 2.32. He says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered. The name of the Lord is the words of God. Revelation 19.11-13. His work is the words. That's what he was sent into the world to do. The name means the work of the kingdom they're given to do. Deuteronomy 18.18-19 tells you what the work of the Lord is. Jesus tells you in John 6 what the work of the Father is, that we would believe on him whom he sent, Jesus, whom gave his blood, his own son gave his blood, that we could go in, and his blood was perfect. It was of God and of Mary. It was blood and water. See, water is our blood. We're of this generation of the waters, but Jesus was of the eternal generation of God and lasts forever. So he had blood and water. Our blood is water. That's why we're to be washed by the water of the word. We have to be washed by the water. Baptism is getting us back to begin to see the light from the beginning because we mess up the very beginning of the Bible, the creation account. And from there on, we screw it up because we will not hear the words of God that bring all things into correction. We mess it all up. But the words point out that the Bible's perfect and overthrows the whole law system of the world. Because the whole law system is built on a deceit that's based upon these people can't be taken to court. They can't be uh, sued. They can't be, I mean, they get a share of all the tax money and everything else. The people that are in the divine law of the elite, the secret law, the secret divine law, the living people law. Because we're considered as dead estates. If people didn't know, they could go into the IRS tax codes and look it up. And you're going to find many evidences that they tell us from the childhood that we are to be counted as a dead estate. We are living dead. <laughs> they don't consider us living, but you're walking around like a tree. But we need to produce fruit. Jesus says we're walking as trees. What can that mean? First thing is that the green leaves of the trees for the healing of the nations. So if we had all produced green leaves, see, green is the color of the counsel of the Lord. The fourth seal. I mean, the fourth, um, the fourth spirit is the counsel of the Lord. And the color of the rainbow that represents is green. We need to get the counsel of the Lord because he gives us the spirit of the truth, which enables us to understand the words and all the rest of the ways of God, the works of God. And we begin to grow in knowledge. And as we grow in knowledge, we get deeper and stronger and we start understanding and we are to start seeing how deceptive the world is and how, how they've destroyed everything. But they have no power over the knowledge of truth. They cannot stop it when God has caused it to be open at this time because he said in Hebrews 10, 24 to 31 that he caused the knowledge of truth to be received on the earth and it can't go backwards. When he caused it to be received, it is received. They cannot end it. Because God has done it. And the devil is going to perdition. His words are going to be overthrown. It's, read the book of Revelation. It's clear. But it's not just there. You see it in Daniel, the book of Daniel. You see it in Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Hosea. They all reveal it very clearly. Now, when he's talking about sanctified congregation, you got to go to John seventeen seventeen, which I've said many times. That we are sanctified by the entrance of his words in us which he's, he's wanting to pour out on us. He tells us in John ten thirty four to 36 that those to whom the word comes, they're like a little God, which means a son of God, meaning they have authority 
to call upon the words to do the work that they've been given to do by the Father and by the Lord. The Lord named us. He's the one that's allowing us, and if our name isn't what we need for the work of the kingdom that he's given us to do, he'll give us a new name. And only he will know it. And the people will know it that it's given to. But see, we don't need to know their name. We want to help them do the work of the kingdom. And that's why he means that no one will know their name. No one will know what their name is in that stone. Why? We shouldn't care. See, the work that God has given them to do, he's going to rule with a rod of iron. If they go doing another work, it'd be like Miriam trying to raise up to where she shouldn't belong. God's going to give them a punishment. It's like Korah trying to take over. God's going to give them a punishment. And remember, he did that during the night. He stood there in the night with his lamp in the, in the doorway and God destroyed them in a fire in the morning. All of it came in the morning of the day of the Lord. As it came to dawn, these things happened and we're coming to the, this is now the dawn, beginning the dawn. We're right there in that time where the darkness, you know, sometimes the darkness is a little bit later. The morning might start a little bit later because it goes with the, the rising of the sun. We got a little bit of a gap time here. We, you know, the Lord, the Father is controlling when the morning actually starts. But we're in that very, very time of the judgment. It could be a little bit more months, not many. The sun's going to rise. And when it does, he's going to separate those apart that are elected, turn to him and hurt him. And those other ones are not. Now it says, gather the children and nursing babes. And that's very important to understand. Because it means that the people were sanctified, meaning they have the knowledge of the words but he doesn't give his knowledge to those just weaned on milk in the way of the world. So what he's saying is gather them together and teach these children and the nursing babes the words because they're going to grow up. Otherwise, he's going to bring them through this time. And if you speak the words to them, they will not depart in what they did. And look what Jesus did. He grew in favor from the time of 12. But what did he do before that? The father had given Mary the myrrh and the frankincense. Gather them together and prepare them for the way. Let them hear the word continuously. As it says in Proverbs 4, 1 to 7, Solomon remembers when he was a little child on his mother's knee listening to King David and he says, get wisdom and get understanding. That's the principal things. And when you get wisdom, do not forget understanding. He said, then he goes and says, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber. See, if they're sanctified and have the holy words, the thing about it is the Lord will never reject us if, if we do that because he's saying out of his chamber, meaning he's going to allow us to come and rule over us and protect us during this time because he said we'll pass through the judgment if we will turn and do this. And he said, let the bride come out from her dressing room, which means that she put on the garment of knowledge she has the, the knowledge garment on, the white garment, because that's the dressing room. But now she comes out and puts on the fine linen of the righteous acts of the saints. And when the Lord is saying, let her, meaning she has authority to come forth and speak his words. And let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar and let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? See, God had taken his people, and we see today the church. We see today the believers all over the world. 
but they're going to be given away to reproach. If you read Ezekiel 36, 22 to, I mean, 16 to 21, you see that everywhere the people of Israel went, first off, they lost their nation, as Matthew 21, 43 to 44 says, because they wouldn't receive the words. They lost the kingdom. The kingdom is the words of God, the right to speak them. And by that, they had no power or authority, and they've come, and wherever they went, they have profaned the word of God because they denied the work of the disciples, which was to make known the knowledge of truth, the words. And then they blocked that knowledge and scoffed at it and so forth throughout the world. And they profaned his name. They, they, they act like this This is it. Oh, we're going to have the Messiah come and the rest of it. They're continually profaning his name everywhere because they don't understand the name means the work of the kingdom that he was given to do. And they should have been looking for the Messiah, making known the words, and they didn't do it. And still today they're going to do that. So finally, in verses 22 to 27, the Lord says, Therefore say to the house of Israel, Israel means the precarious governors of God, and they, God made a covenant with David It's in Jacob, and it's got to be fulfilled. They're going to come back, a remnant. He's going to cause a remnant to be set aside. And it's going to start with Judah for a reason. He says, Thus says the Lord of God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake. The work of his words, he's going to pull these people out because they are still walking in profanity and they will not admit it. Even though they have great knowledge of Torah and all kinds of things, they haven't put the puzzle together of the most important thing, the proof that God made all things, the creation, the rest of it. And they, they, they instead, many of these leaders, many of the Jewish people out there are claiming to be Jews. A lot of them claim to be Jews and they're not because they don't praise the Lord. Unless you praise the Lord with the words of God, which is what he's desiring to hear, God is looking for a people who worship him in spirit and truth. Read John four, twenty-three to 24. He's telling you that. But they're not doing that. He says, I desire all men to be saved and come to knowledge of truth. He said it throughout the Old Testament. He said it throughout the New Testament. And he says, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went. And I will sanctify my great name. In other words, I'm going to sanctify my work. I'm going to cause my work, which is the name of the word, to be set apart and holy. That's what he's doing right now. He's trying to get you to understand that's his work. He's telling you this in Ezekiel 36, 23. He says, and I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. He's telling you, even the churches have profaned the nation, profaned his name. They don't believe it. They think they're holy and filled with the spirit and so forth, prophesying and everything. They do not see that they're blind and naked. They're like Eve. They think they can just eat the fruit and eat the fruit, and he's never going to show up in their garden again. Whoop. All of a sudden, he's going to cause the spirit to fall upon these people. And they're going to realize their light has gone out because he tells them that in Matthew 25, 1 to 13. They're going to wake up all of a sudden, realize they don't have the light. They don't have the oil that's, that, 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 goes, uh, that doesn't go out in the night. And they're going to go on into the darkness while his people are going to go into the house of God, which is the heavens. Remember, his house, the whole heavens, he said, call it, call a... Uh, blow the trumpet in Zion. Remember that the entirety of the heavens, the, the firmament of the heavens is called Zion as well. We have Zion at, in Israel. 
which you, you have Mount Zion. Mount Zion is the firmament, the pyramid of the firmament, that in the top of it is the capstone where the Lord is sitting. Right there it tells you, Ezekiel, 30, uh, Ezekiel 1, that he's with the four living creatures. Look at Revelation 4, and it tells you that they're right there with him where his throne is set up. This is a special judgment throne. It's because the, the flaming stones are there. The stones of the record of our works and all everything about us that come to this time. So he says, and the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when I am hallowed in you before their eyes. When he can take a rebellious, stubborn people like Israel and turn them to come to the knowledge of truth, isn't it marvelous? He says, for I will take from you, you from among the nations, gather you out of all the nations and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all filthiness and from all your idols and I will give you a new heart. He's going to write his words in their heart. And a new spirit within you, the spirit of truth is going to be within you, which right now means that verse right there means they're not of the world anymore. John 14 tells you in verses 15 to 17 that those of the world cannot receive the words, the spirit of truth. It cannot be in them. So he's telling he's going to cleanse them. He's going to cause them to know his words and he's going to pour his spirit in them, within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, which is all the words, all the things that they've known, all the Torah, all the Midrash, all those things. And he's going to cleanse it because he's going to teach them in their heart themselves and the law is going to be in them. And I will give you a heart of flesh, which is his flesh. It's like him. It's his words, his works, his ways. They will follow him and abide in his words. He says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments, which is his words, and do them. We're judged by his words, John twelve forty eight, Hosea 6, 5. And do them. Do the way of the words. What he's saying there is exactly what he says in John fifteen seven. If we abide in him, and we abide in his words, what we desire be done for us. We'll be like a little God. We'll know how to do good to bring glory to God because that's the work of the people being refined in Revelation 19, 1 to 10. The people with the great supper. The great supper's here, people. We gotta be refined and made clean and put on the righteous acts before we can go up because saints come back, but saints have to go up. We have to be refined. We have to be a saint before we can go up and become a saint. We're not going to be all of a sudden purified up there. That's a little late. Those people are being purified and that have died. Or the ones that did go up are there, but they're going to be shocked about who's not up there. It says in verse 33, it says, On that day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins that shall be built, that that desolate land shall be tilled instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. So they will say this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden and the wasted, desolate, ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. And cities are a way of people. They gather together and follow the Lord, but they're all going to walk in one shoulder and pay attention to the fact that the Lord is saying that I cleanse you from all your iniquities and go back to Daniel 9.24 and you see that in Daniel's 70th week, before we can be raptured, 
he says he's going to bring an end to the flood. And then he said, then he's going to make a covenant with many. And in the middle of that covenant, he's going to take away the sacrifice, which is us. See, we're going to do a sacrifice of good for others by doing the way of the words, because we're going to be like that pot I was telling you about. We're going to start like Moses and we're going to care about all the people. And we're going to desire all that will be saved to be saved. And that's a sample of Moses. That's an example of Abraham after he'd met King Melchizedek, the king of the words. The words of the king, the power is found. Abraham had a whole different power after that time. He didn't go out and make war. Instead, he, he testified to people about the Lord continuously. All people. He no longer cared. Anybody that came down that road that went between Egypt and there, he brought them in, fed them, talked with them, walked with them, tried to give them guidance. That is what the Lord is looking for right now. I pray that we'll understand this. And Lord, I pray you put this in our heart to do good. And Lord, I pray that we would understand, dear God, that we are in a time that's marvelous. We're at a time, dear Lord, that you've led us to understand, dear Lord, that your words are what enables us to bring down the words, I mean, the laws of the land, because the devil has to leave us because there's no truth in him and he can't overcome your words. It's the one thing in the Bible he can't overcome. It's the one thing in the Bible the Vatican can't destroy. Dear Lord, they have corrupted themselves so badly with their obelisk in the middle. Anybody that looks at them should see the sin. They're a key to the devil. Even the design of the house of their whole Vatican thing is like a key door. And Lord, they're not the key. They're the key to evil, the key to darkness. They, with the crown trust, the crown trust is ruling the world and the the Vatican is serving them as I've proven and talked about many times from meetings that you allowed me to be in that people took me to. Lord, we pray that people will understand this is the greatest moment in history. All the ancient ones would love to be in their shoes right now. Dear Lord, the ones, dear Lord, that did all the things that taught us the ways, they would love to be where we are. Lord, let us not shame you. Let us not disappoint them. And Lord, let us earn our stripes. Lord, help us to know what to do. Guide each one of us, Lord, to know the work that you've given us to do and allow us to fulfill it to the key. And dear Lord, let us take responsibility for everybody out there doing evil. Because Lord, you told us that you're rising as a son of righteousness, which means we're to speak good and do everything in our willpower, dear Lord, our ability to try to bring these people in because you hold us accountable, as you said in Malachi 4, 1 to 6, for all these people at this time. We're to walk in one shoulder. And Lord, if they don't walk in that shoulder, they separate themselves and you'll, de- you'll cause them to be departed from us, as it says in Joel two twelve to 20. You'll intervene and you'll drive them away. But Lord, our heart must be that big pot, that all. That's why you said, dear Lord, you're going to take the pots from the temple and they're going to take it and cook the food in it so that that food can be used to feed others the way of the words that might enable the spirit to move in them. Just like you said, dear Lord, in John 6, those that ate the bread, they chased you across the sea because they ate the bread to the full, which put the spirit in them to cause them to desire good instruction. Father, we thank you. We pray, Lord, you'd help us at this day. In Jesus' name, amen.